If you Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And we'll get back to our study in the book of Revelation, Lord willing, next week. I know we've had the whole month of March off for missions. And uh, uh, then last week I preached on worse being Easter Sunday. And uh, we'll get back to the book of Revelation and, uh, and get back to where we were and, and uh, go continue our study in that next week, Lord willing. And, uh, but I thought it would be good for us just to look at the resurrection uh, this evening. And, uh, and 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 is a chapter, a long chapter, uh, but an entire chapter really dedicated to uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal chapter, and I know it's lengthy, uh, and we're not going to read it all, don't worry. Uh, somebody's getting nervous and, and uh, thinking, boy, uh, we're not going to read all of it tonight, but uh, I would encourage you to sit down at home and read this chapter. Boy, what a great chapter. Uh, just so much information packed in here, and I'm just going to cherry pick some good verses out of this chapter, and we're going to hit some, uh, some, some highlights of it. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 1 the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. So he's preaching to saved people. And, and he's, he declares that right up front in this verse 1. He says I'm, I'm, uh, that ye stand in the gospel. In other words, you are saved, you have been saved, and you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and that's what I'm, I'm going to talk about. And he goes on in verse number 2. He says, by which also ye are saved. And if ye keep in memory that uh, what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Let's stop right there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for uh, just the, the, the resurrection Sunday, God, Easter Sunday, when we can remember the fact that you rose again from the dead. God, what a privilege uh, to be your child. And God, I pray that you would just bless our service tonight. I pray, Father, that, we, that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would bless, encourage, strengthen each and every person. And we'll, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We call it today Easter or Resurrection Sunday, and, uh, and, and the resurrection is just as essential as the death of Jesus Christ. They both go hand in hand, really. Uh, about a couple months ago, I guess, I, or maybe a couple weeks ago, I, I saw uh, a, a post and it said, it said, without the, the resurrection, there is no salvation. And, uh, and I don't want to get into all the nitpickety details of all of that, but the fact of the matter is, Jesus did raise from the dead. And I thank God for that. And because of that, hey, he, the Bible says he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And, uh, and what a blessing as Christians to know that. And, uh, and we're certainly grateful for that. This evening, I want to look at the resurrection. And, uh, and, and the first couple of verses here in this chapter, we find the proof 
of the resurrection. Now, I know you're saved, and I know uh, the majority of you are saved and know the Lord as your Savior, and, and, uh, and, and I'm not trying to, uh, to, to say, hey, we don't, we don't believe He rose again, but the Bible lays out definitive proofs for us. And I just want to look at those and just reestablish. You see, uh, you, you don't have to go to Israel and go to the grave where he uh, would have been buried and, and see that there's an empty tomb. We have a sure account right here in the Word of God that declares that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Praise the Lord, what a great account of that. And we have here, uh, he says, uh, the, the first proof of the resurrection, he starts off in verses 1 and 2, is the very fact that you are saved and born again. He says that. Look at what he says at verse number one. We, I kind of paused there and, and gave that to you at the last phrase. He says, which I preached unto you, talking about the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. Uh, and, 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 and he goes on and says, uh, you know, if you keep in memory, that doesn't mean that you can lose your salvation. Okay, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and then he goes on, unless you had believed in vain. In other words, some people uh, may not, they, they may make a profession of Jesus Christ, but there's nothing in here. And, uh, and there's no salvation. And, and how does that happen? Well, uh, there's probably lots of reasons or, or, or explanations for all of that. I'm not going to cover all of those. Maybe they just feel pressured into saying uh, something or uh, whatever it is. Uh, for some reasons, you know, that happens. But, uh, but those who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior, hey, they stand in that salvation. And that salvation, the gospel, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's included in those, uh, those verses uh, for uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart. Uh, I'll have to go find it now that I got started and... Uh, that's it. That God hath raised him from the dead. Thank you. That was exactly the, the, the words I was looking for. Uh, that God hath raised him from the dead. Uh, that is the gospel. The gospel includes the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so it's all part of it. Uh, and the fact that we're saved is a proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's what he's saying there. Not only that, but I love this. I noticed this just when I reread it. Sometimes when you're reading things, uh, boy, things just stand off at the page. Uh, and, and one of the things was that he died. And the Bible says, according to the scriptures. You know, the death of Jesus Christ, without a doubt, was very much so prophesied way back from the beginning. Matter of fact, you could go all the way back to the book of Exodus to the Passover lamb when they were in slavery in Egypt and God was going to kill all of the firstborn and they were to go out and take one of their lambs and it was to be a whole lamb it was to be a perfect lamb it was to be a pure lamb it was to be a lamb that was not sickly they were to bring it in their house and they were to live with it and they were to look at it and make sure hey this is a healthy and this is a good lamb then after that time you know what they were to do? They were to kill that lamb. 
all of that pointed forward to Jesus Christ, even dwelling amongst them, that Jesus would come to this earth and dwell amongst us and live amongst us, and that men would observe his life and find that he was a whole, that he was not a sickly, he was a spotless lamb of God without sin. But listen, all of that was prophesied, but notice this. It says, according to the scriptures, but then again in verse number four, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. It was not just prophesied that Jesus Christ would die on the cross of Calvary, though that was prophesied. It was also prophesied that Jesus Christ would raise from the dead. Hey, he was not. There was no plans for him to stay in the ground. There was no plans for him to be dead uh, for the, for forever. Uh, the plan was, I don't know if you heard the, the old song, I love the song, uh, called A Borrowed Tomb. Hey, Jesus wasn't planning on staying in that tomb very long. It was just a borrowed tomb. He didn't need it for very long, just a couple of days. And, uh, and then he'd be vacating that place and, uh, and he wouldn't go back there to visit it again. And, and he rose from the dead. The Bible says this in Daniel chapter number 12 and verse number 2. It says this, and I love this, this scripture, uh, Daniel 12, 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that uh, turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And there was, a, there was a resurrection that was uh, given in the book of Daniel. And I know that really applies uh, to, to later and the resurrection when many people will raise from the dead uh, and be pulled out of their grave. But listen, there wouldn't be that if Jesus Christ didn't raise from the dead. And so uh, it, it, was, it was told of old. Not only that, but Jesus Christ himself declared it. John chapter 14 and verse number 1. Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He goes, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. He didn't plan on being dead and staying in that tomb. He planned on raising from the dead. He told them, he said, you, you kill this tabernacle or, or you destroy this tabernacle and, and in three days I will raise it up. Hey, hey, listen, he had no plans of staying in the grave. Uh, he, was, he was planning on raising again from the dead. Go with me to the book of Matthew. I love this. Save your spot here in 1 Corinthians. Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 12. This is probably one of my favorite passages uh, of the resurrection. I just, uh, not maybe not favorite, it's, it's humorous. I find it very humorous. And I, I think God has a sense of humor, and I think that's why God included this passage in the scripture. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 12. Matthew 28 and verse number 12, the Bible says, And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel... They gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. And they took the money 
and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Those soldiers that were there guarding the tomb, and, and uh, uh, the angel came, and of course, that bright light, boy, they just, man, they were gone. They passed out. They were, they were gone. And, uh, uh, and, then, and then, of course, Jesus rose from the dead. And, man, when they came to, and they're like, man, the stone was rolled away, and the tomb was empty. And, and they're like, we're, we're dead men. I mean, we were set to guard this tomb, and, and it's our life. And then uh, they take them all in a back room, and they're like, paying them all money, you know, giving them all money. Here you go, here you go. You keep, this is hush money. You don't tell anybody. You tell them that the disciples came and stole the tomb while you were, while you were sleeping. And, and if the governor hears about it and wants to punish you, uh, we'll make sure that it's okay and that it's all washed over and, and you don't have anything to worry about. It's the biggest cover-up and it's recorded right here for, for us in Scripture. And it says uh, that, that it's commonly reported amongst the Jews. Everyone knew it was a fake cover-up, and yet there it is. Why? Because they didn't want people to know that Jesus truly had risen from the dead. I'm just saying there's proof. We have access to salvation according to the Scriptures. Not only that, but go back with me in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And look with me in verse number 7. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 7 says this, And after that he was seen of James, go back with me at verse, uh, verse 5, And that he was seen of Cephas, that would be Peter, then of the twelve. And after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Let's just stop there, verse 7, because really uh, all the apostles, Peter and verse number 5 was mentioned, and the 12, and, and then the other apostles that were there, and, and, uh, and, and he was just made it mention of it, saying, hey, he has been seen. These were the men that spent three years with Jesus. They would have known, hey, this is him. Uh, this is the man who we walked with. This is the person they spent time with Jesus and they knew who he was and, and they were witnesses that, hey, this was, uh, that Jesus Christ truly had risen from the dead. I love verse 6 because it says, and then 500 brethren at once. Listen, if, if we were to have a court case and, and we were to set a judge up here and we were to call 500 witnesses to the stand, did you see Jesus alive? And they would say, yes, I saw him alive. They would testify under oath, I saw him alive. Uh, listen, they, they, would, they would declare in a court case, hey, then he was alive. And he had risen from the dead. And what I'm telling you is there's so much proof uh, that had been given in Scripture. Uh, listen, you and I, we don't have to see it. Because there was plenty of proof given in that day. And, and, and there's the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We see the proof of the resurrection. I want you to notice in verse number 12, the power 
of the resurrection. He goes on here and there in verse number 12. He says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we uh, have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not. Now just stop with me there for a moment and understand that Paul is reasoning through all of this. And he's saying, hey listen, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then our preaching is vain. And, and the fact of the matter, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then our faith is in vain. And, and, and notice all the ifs. He, so he's giving uh, examples of if this is not true, then what on earth are we doing here? And listen, the truth of the matter is, if Jesus didn't raise up from the dead, then what are we doing here today? The fact of the matter is he did raise from the dead. Let's continue because he, he goes on here. No, I want you to notice all the ifs because he's proving, hey, that the invalid uh, argument of there's no resurrection of the dead. Verse number 16, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then, also, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. So he was reasoning in all those verses, if there's no resurrection of the dead, if Christ has not risen from the dead, then our preaching is in vain, our faith is in vain, and everything that we're doing is in vain. But in verse number 20, he said, hey, Christ is risen from the dead. You know what he's saying? That our faith is not in vain. That our preaching is not in vain. That our witness is not in vain. Hey, people have to hear that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and that he is alive today. And listen, he, we don't serve a dead Savior. Praise the Lord. I, I love the songs we sing. Because he lives and Christ arose and all of those songs. Why? Because the fact of the matter is that he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And because of that, you and I have salvation. It's essential to our salvation. The fact that he rose again and the fact that there is life after death. When we go to the grave, that's not the end of it, my friend. Hey, that starts all of eternity. Be far better than life. I'll tell you that. Especially if you're saved and born again. Now, if you're not saved and not born again, then it's not going to be better than life. But if you're saved, man, that starts... A time when we don't struggle with this flesh any longer. And we'll get to that. What a blessing, all of that. But the power of the resurrection, I want you to notice that the power of the resurrection is the authority of our preaching. It's so incredible that 2,000 years later, we're still celebrating it. We're still, we're still preaching it. We're still testifying of it. 2,000, we're talking... Sometimes um, in, in our house, uh, somebody will say something and they'll be like, oh, that was last year. Oh, that was 
that was so long ago. That's old. My kids tell me, You're, that's outdated, Dad. That's outdated. Listen, the fact that Christ rose from the dead will never be outdated. Hey, it's relevant. It's just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. Somebody told me today when I, I came in, and I, I, I fell for it. Sometimes I do that. They're like, hey, did, did you hear the news? I said, no, what? And I thought it was news. Christ arose. I said, yes, he did. I think I heard that somewhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What great news. What better news could we have? The fact that Christ, you know, there's still people don't know. People don't realize it is the authority of our preaching. No one else raised from the dead. Hey, listen, Buddha didn't raise from the dead. Muhammad didn't raise from the dead. Mary didn't raise from the dead. The Pope hasn't risen from the dead. But Jesus Christ, my friend, arose from the dead. Because of his resurrection, you and I, we have authority to preach the word of God. We have authority to witness to other people and let them know, hey, Jesus Christ loves you and he died on the cross of Calvary. But listen, my friend, he arose from the dead as well. And he did that so that you can be saved. We can witness. That's what we need to let people know, that he died on the cross for their sins. That's the authority of our preaching. Look at uh, verse number 17. Not only that, he says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. We know that Christ did raise from the dead. Again, he's uh, presenting that negative side of the argument. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that Christ did arise from the dead. And it activates our faith as part of our salvation. In the very first part, he talks about that. And, and listen, that's part of our freedom because uh, just like when we baptize people, we, it's a show of, of, of Christ's death, his burial, when we put them underwater and, and they're covered there in that water. And then we say this, and they're raised to walk in newness of life. Because Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Hey, it gives us power it gives us, I like to say it this way, liberty to not sin. So many people misunderstand that. They say liberty to sin. No, 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 that's not, that's not it. You got all the liberty you want to sin as a lost person. Matter of fact, you're pretty much stuck with sin when you're a lost person. But hey, when you're saved, you're lib you, you, are, you are freed from that bondage of sin. And God allows you to choose to do right in your life. It's not always going to be easy, but you have the power to do it. And the Holy Spirit that dwells within you that will help you to do what is right. Uh, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4. It says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. Hey, we've got a new life. Paul said here in verse number 31... I die daily. In other words, he had to crucify his flesh. Listen, our flesh pulls against those things that are spiritual. Our flesh, my, I have the same flesh that you do. And you know what? My flesh sometimes doesn't want to read the word of God. Doesn't want to pray. Doesn't want to do those things. Don't look at me like, like you're confused. You have the same problem in your life. 
We all struggle with our flesh. Our flesh doesn't want to do what God wants us to do. And listen, we've got to kill our flesh, if I can say it that way. Now, I'm not saying physically. Don't misunderstand me. Paul said it this way, Galatians chapter number 2 and verse number 20. Uh, you can mark that down, Galatians 2.20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, we gotta, we've got to crucify our flesh. I read that, you think about this, crucifixion is a horrendous death. It's torturous. Uh, that's why the Romans did it. It was a, it was a show. It was to uh, help combat crime and, and bad things taking place. When, when somebody died on a cross, they did it very publicly, very open in a very uh, busy street so that people would pass by and they'd be forced to see that, that horrific death. And Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Paul says, man, I, my flesh, it, it agonizes me. It, it, it drives me crazy. He said in Romans chapter 7, the things that I would do, I, 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 those things I don't do. And I'm paraphrasing, but, but he, says, he says, man, the things that I, I want to do, those things I don't do. And, and Paul had that struggle with his flesh. And I'm just saying that, hey, we have got to deny ourselves is the way that Jesus said. And say, you know what? I'm not going to do what Shane Rice wants to do. Sometimes we have to get up in the morning. Uh, not sometimes. Every day we've got to get up and say, I'm not going to do what Shane Rice wants to do today. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And, and we have got to mortify our flesh. It is the power of the resurrection that activates our faith and allows us to walk as Jesus Christ walked on this earth. We'll struggle with that. But boy, we need to mortify our flesh. We need to be crucified. As Paul said, I die daily. We need to, uh, we need to live in the power of the resurrection. We have the proof of the resurrection. We have the power of the resurrection. So much more could be said about that. But I want to move on because it gets good here. He says in verse number 20, go with me there in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Watch this. And become the first fruits of them that slept. Listen, we have the promise of the resurrection. Hey, listen, if Christ tarries his coming, you and I will go to the grave. We'll die. But listen, we don't have to fear death. Part of the whole idea of salvation, part of the whole idea of the resurrection is that, hey, we can face death. And, and now I'm not looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want pain and suffering. Uh, man, Lord, take me. When, I, when you take me, man, just zap me and take me out of here all at one, one shot. Don't let me suffer. But when we do die, we go to heaven. But then down the road, when Jesus does come, could be today, could be tomorrow. We don't know when it's going to be, but could be. But, but down the road, if we meet death first, hey, our bodies are going to be resurrected. And, and it's going to be rejoined with our spirit, but it's going to be a glorified body. And man, what a, what a blessing the promise 
of the resurrection. And this is often the future as we're thinking about uh, the fact that he is the first fruits uh, of them that slept, the Bible says. And, and we find the promise of the resurrection is an annulment of death. Uh, go with me there to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, towards the back of the book, you ever... I can't say the back of the book, and I think of that song, I read the back of the book, and we win, praise the Lord. Revelation 21 and verse number 3, look at what it says there. He says, and I heard, let's go to verse number 1, we'll, we'll start there. Revelation 21, 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verse number four, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Praise the Lord for that. You know what that tells me? He's victorious over death. And someday we're going to have that resurrection, and there will be no more death. It goes on. It doesn't just stop there. It says, neither sorrow nor crying, uh, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Boy, what a day we look forward to. And what I'm saying is that Jesus Christ is going to come again. And listen, death will be abolished. There will be no more death. There will be no more separation from God. We'll be with him for all of eternity. And death will be done away with. And listen, look with me in verse number 51. And verse 52, back in 1 Corinthians 51 and 52, he says this, as he's talking about the resurrection throughout the whole chapter, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Some of you just thought that was a nursery verse. No, no, listen, we're all going to be changed, praise the Lord. Our bodies are going to be changed. Listen, I, I, wear, I wear contact lenses, and the days I don't, I have to put my glasses on. Man, I, I won't have to do that anymore. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I woke up a little bit sore this morning from all the work we did yesterday. Man, anybody else sore? Am I the only one? A couple people a little bit sore from all the work we did yesterday in the grounds. You know what? In heaven, you're not going to have soreness anymore. Hey, that's going to be done away with. Uh, hey, well, our bodies are going to be changed and we're not going to have to deal. We won't have to deal with this flesh anymore that, that has to die daily. Uh, we won't have the, the ailments that we're, we have right now. But look with me in verse number 52 because I love this. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Boy, what a day. As we look forward to the promise of the resurrection. And man, that's, that's a blessing. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. Man, I, I hope Christ comes while I'm still alive. I, I just think it would be cool. Just you're, you're just standing in. I don't know if we're going to fly away fast, slow. Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to be. But could you imagine you're just, maybe you're driving down the road and whoop, 
Up you go. And you're, you're working, you know, you're doing your job or wherever you are at work and boop, up you go. Man, what could you imagine that that's going to take place and and we're going to be called out of here. The Bible says at the last trump and and what a what a glorious sound that trumpet and and to be able to hear that and and say, man, we are out of here. And there is a promise of the resurrection for those who have died. But there's a promise of his return and that he's coming again. And boy, we look forward to that as people who are saved. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited to go to heaven. Man, I look forward to it. And, and yes, I mean, I've lived my life down here and do the best we can and do everything that we can and live for the Lord and witness and, and try to do things here. But I tell you what, uh, my, my sights are set a little bit higher than here on this earth. Man, if you told me I had to spend the rest of my life or the rest of, let me rephrase that, because I'll spend the rest of my life here on earth. But if you told me I had to spend the rest of eternity here on earth, it's not that great, to be honest with you. This sin-cursed world. Fighting the flesh, fighting the devil. I'd, I wouldn't look forward to that, to be honest with you. But I do look forward to heaven. When death is annulled, sin is taken care of, sorrow is gone, no more tears, no more, no more uh, struggles, no more any of those things, because we shall be changed. And we have the, the promise of the resurrection, and, and, uh, and that's, that's an awesome thought. The proof of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, the promise of the resurrection. Go with me to verse number 58, and I want you to notice this because I love this. And this is perseverance because of the resurrection. Verse number 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. I was always taught whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, you ought to go back and read why it is therefore. Uh, and you go back and the whole chapter is dealing with resurrection from the very beginning, the proof of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection to live our life here in this world, to witness to other people, to preach the gospel and to have faith in Jesus Christ. The promise of the resurrection that he's coming again and that we can look for him and that our bodies will be changed and this, that, that everything here will be done away with. And praise the Lord, we have a much better future to look forward to. And he says, therefore, my brethren, because of all of that, he says, therefore, be, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Listen, we persevere because of the resurrection of the dead. As Paul said, if, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then we are of all men most miserable. If we're just living this life because, uh, because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do and there's no heaven and there's no eternity and there's, man, we're of all men most miserable, Paul said. But the reality is, there is far more that we're looking forward to. And therefore, he says, therefore, be steadfast, unmovable. We ought to be adamant in our faith for the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that we're not moving. 
that we're not changing, that we're not getting away from God, that we're going to continue with Him, and that, listen, we want to live for Him here on this earth, and we don't want to be sliding to the left or sliding to the right, but that we want to walk with Him in our lifetime, and that we want to continue with Him. Why? Not because tomorrow is going to be a better day, or the next day is going to be a better day. No, listen, just like uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, listen, the Bible says that they dwelt in tents. Why? Because they looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. They weren't looking for the holy promised land of, of, of Israel and of Jerusalem. They were looking beyond that to something far better that God had promised them. They wanted to go to heaven and spend eternity with God. That's what they were looking for. Hey, listen, and that's what we're looking for. Listen, my friend, we don't get there. You know this. We don't earn our salvation by living that good life. But I tell you what, we live our good life looking for that heaven and saying, boy, that's what I want to do. I want to, man, I, I want to I get to heaven. And I want to be there for all of eternity. Again, we don't earn our salvation. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But I tell you what, we... We have our sights set in that direction. And that's where we're headed. We're adamant in our faith. We have perseverance because of the resurrection. And I love this, of always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, Christianity is not dying. It's abounding. It's about, it's about uh, living an abundant life. I love the fact that, uh, that Jesus Christ came to, uh, to give us life and that more abundantly. Hey, listen, he didn't just save us to take us to heaven. Heaven is not the only thing. But in reality, our life can be so much better here on this earth. If, if we lived our Christian life, I tell you what... Your life is enriched. If, if, if you could just abandon all of sin completely, I tell you, could you imagine a world without sin? I, I mean, you talk about a good place. You talk about just how, how wonderful that would be. And listen, I know we, we can't achieve that in our Christian life, but I tell you what, we, I want to be as close to it as we can. The more, the more sin that we weed out of our life, the more pleasant our life becomes. The less hassle we have, the less guilt we have, the less uh, problems. Sin causes us problems in our life. And listen, when, when you cut ties with sin and, and you let it go behind you and you say, you know what, I'm done with that stuff and I'm going to follow God. Hey, listen, your life just inherently gets a little bit better. I'm not saying that everything will be smooth sailing because it won't be. But your life will be so much, the quality of your life, that's maybe the best way to put it, will be so much better than it was before. And listen, abounding. And I love this. He says, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We have an admirable work. Those of us at work day yesterday, Man, throwing that mulch down, cutting the ditch, trimming the hedges. If Jesus came back tonight, can I tell you something? It's not in vain. 
If Jesus would have come back yesterday night and we would have never even made it to today, our work would not have been done in vain because we, we, were, we, weren't making it, we weren't making the place beautiful for ourselves. We weren't, we weren't saying, you know, it wasn't not a prideful issue that, man, we, you know, uh, we want God to be glorified and that people care about this place. And that's why we want the hedges to look nice. That's why we want the windows to be washed. That's why we want the building to be clean. That's why, because when people come in here, they say, man, somebody cares about this place. And somebody cares about what's going on in this place. And that we care about the word of God being preached. And we care about getting gospel tracts to lost people. And we care about those things. Why? Because it's not in vain the things that we do. Every trash, piece of trash that you pick up, every, every time you vacuum the carpets, every child that you bring in on the van, every person that sits in your Sunday school class, every nursing home that you go to, every gospel tract that you pull out of your pocket and you hand out in the week, every time you read your Bible, it is not in vain. It doesn't matter if the people throw it away. We're not responsible for making people believe it. We're responsible for getting the gospel to the lost and dying world. And listen, if we do that, we live for the Lord. The Bible assures us it is not in vain. Because God's keeping track. And he's, he's pleased by the fact that, hey, we're, we're living for him. We're serving him. We're doing the best that we can. And listen, that's what we want. We, we're, we're not, again, you know, we're not trying to earn our salvation. We know that. We're just trying to live pleasing to God and do the best that we can. And we have the perseverance because of the resurrection. Probably many of you are like, man, kind of wish I could just sleep in this afternoon and not go back to church. But you know what? Because of the resurrection, you persevered and said, you know, I'm going to church. I want to hear the preaching of the word of God. I want to be there. And I hope and pray that your spirit is encouraged and strengthened and that, that, that your walk with the Lord is, is made that much stronger because we, we were looking at the perseverance that would be going through the trials and afflictions of our, uh, of our life in service for God, knowing that everything that we do is not in vain, but it's done for him. And listen, that's what he says there in verse 58. That's the whole, that's the conclusion of the resurrection. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And that he wants us to keep on keeping on, to be faithful, the perseverance because of the resurrection. We have the proof of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, the promise of the resurrection that, hey, we are going to be changed and we're going to be resurrected. And the perseverance because of the resurrection, we persevere. I look at Christ, I, I read about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and I look at all that he went through, and I think, you know what? What is it for me to go one more day? What is it for me to drive a little bit more, to do a little bit more for the Lord? It's nothing compared to him dying on the cross of Calvary. 
and I persevere because, hey, I know that one day there's a resurrection. And I want to stand before him and I want to say, I've done my best for my Savior. Oh, I've failed. I've failed plenty of times. God, I'm sorry for those failures, but I want to persevere. And I want to continue and I want to labor because he gave his all for me. And why should I do any less? Why should I do less than what he did for me? As every head bowed and every eye closed, as we stand to our feet and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, the perseverance because of the resurrection. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for the suffering that you did on the cross of Calvary. And God, you, you gave your all. And God, when we think about the truth of you dying and shedding your blood on Calvary, may we be inspired, motivated, moved by your love to live better for you. God, I pray that the resurrection would give us perseverance to continue to be motivated to serve you. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person that's here. God, we look forward to the resurrection. We look forward to you coming again. And God, if we're still alive, being pulled out of here, what, a, what, an, what an amazing thought. But God, if you tarry your coming and we meet death before that, we because we're saved, we know where we'll spend eternity. But God, what a great day, that day of resurrection when we shall be changed, as the Bible says. God, I pray that you'd help us to keep that in mind and that we'd persevere and labor for your honor, for your glory in all that we do. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, the altar's open. We persevere because of the resurrection. There's plenty of proof of the resurrection. There's power because of the resurrection.